0: and Ice is one of the best known and most widely anthologized poems by the American poet Robert Frost who lived between 1874 to 1963. This poem has a symbolic even allegorical quality to it which makes more sense when it is analyzed in its literary and historical context. Frost wrote Fire and Ice in 1920 and it was published in the Harper's Magazine in December that very year. Now you see, throughout history there has always been a seeming fascination with how the world would end. In recent years, these discussions have centered around nuclear disaster, biochemical wars, immense climate change and general cynicism. 2000 years ago, give or take, the Revelations chapter was added into the Christian Bible, detailing a kind of vision how the world would end. This has long been a topic embedded in the human mind. At some point between the present and Revelations authorship, Robert Frost has added his own ideas to the mix and the result was Fire and Ice, one of his most well-known poems and certainly one of his most powerful ones. This poem is known for its simplicity and biting message as well as its call to the humans to stop and think, offering a different perspective on the end of everything a lot of thought most definitely has gone into the creation of this poem fire and ice is written as a series of nine lines alternating between three rhyming sounds ABA, a b a a b c b c d being the rhyming summary for fire and ice it features the narrator describing the end of the world in his own vision and it's largely simplistic. Some say the world will end in fire, some say in the ice. These first few lines describe the disagreement in the society on the topic of how the world will end. In the modern sense, Fire and ice could well be stand ins for nuclear disaster and climate change. When Frost uses fire and ice, it is largely a metaphoric decision that opens the poem up to different kinds of interpretation. Fire and ice, of course, are opposites of one another, suggesting that most people have entirely. views on the final destruction. After all, the world can't end in fire and ice at the same time. Fire and ice also represent two extremes which on a grand enough scale could cause immense damage and are fitting metaphors for harbingers of death. From what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. Here, the poet provides his own opinion. They equate fire with desire, which is to suggest that it is equal with passion, with rage. Fire is being used as a metaphor for strong, consuming emotions, such as desire. On a large scale, however, fire consumes and destroys and so too does desire the speaker recalls his experience with strong desire and tends to believe that it is those kinds of emotions and impulses that lead the world down its irrevocable path for the speaker the world will end in fire. Now let us look at the next lines. But if it had to perish twice, I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction, ice is also great and would suffice. As a close opposite to the burning desire, the speaker sees as being so dangerous. Ice is also a concern in the mind. The poet believes that the world will burn in one form or the other and that it would end. But if it did end and the fire wasn't enough, the rest of the poem says then he believes Ice would manage the feet as well. As an opposite to the burning flame, a chilling sheen of ice represents hatred. He thinks of it as something that would chill the world, slow it down and isolate each individual enough so that the human race simply wouldn't survive fire and ice theme. What is the theme? The apocalyptic forces referenced in the fire and ice work on two levels. In a literal sense, fire and ice can be destructive forces. On the other hand, the poem clearly connects fire and ice to desire and hate respectively this can be equally all-consuming. The poem suggests that when people are driven by obsession, whether fooled by hatred or desire, destruction is inevitable. In this segment, let's discuss the literary devices used in the fire and ice. Writers and poets Use literary devices to bring uniqueness and depth in the simple text. They also allow multiple interpretations of the text. Robert Frost has also used some literary devices in this poem. The analysis of some of the literary devices are as follows. First, assonance. Assonance is the repetition of vowel sounds in the same line, such as The long sound of O in, I hold with those who favour fire. Second, alliteration. Alliteration is the repetition of consonant sounds in the same line, such as the sound of F. I hold with those who favour fire. The use of the consonant sound F in favor and fire make it an example of alliteration third is imagery which is plenty in this poem imagery is used to make readers perceive things involving their five senses for example some say the world will end in fire and you have an image of a roaring fire bringing the world to an end Fourth is symbolism. Symbolism is the use of symbols to signify ideas and qualities by giving them symbolic meaning different from their literal meaning. Fire is the symbol of desire while ice symbolizes hatred and envy. Next is anaphora. It refers to the repetition of a word or expression in the first part of some verses. For example, some say the world will end in fire. Some say in ice. Some say is the example of anaphora. Next is personification. Personification is to give human qualities to inanimate objects. In this poem, fire and ice are capable of destruction. Therefore, the poet personifies fire and ice by giving them a mind which is capable of destroying almost anything. The seventh figure of speech is enjambment. It is defined as a thought or a clause that does not come to an end at a line break. Rather, it moves over to the next line. For example, from what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. Let's look at more figures of speech in fire and ice. The use of allusion is the main literary device in this poem. Allusion is an expression Designed to call something to mind without mentioning it explicitly, it is an indirect or passing reference. The allusion of ice is linked to the other belief that the universe will eventually expand, leaving our earth a desolate land of solid ice. He pits two different beliefs together in the theme of the poem. Right from the very opening, he addresses the two different theories. He also elaborates on this by stating his personal belief I hold with those who favor fire. For the tone of the poem, it is serious, but in certain lines, one might find irony and sarcasm. It is ironic that the world would perish because of fire and then again perish with ice. In doing so, Frost reveals more about desire. You see, desire like food is necessary for sustenance. It heightens the ironic paradox of the poem. The thing that nourishes is the same thing that will destroy us. The theme suggests an irony inherent in human emotions. There is sarcasm in the line to say that for destruction ice is also great and would suffice it is something to think about how could destruction by ice be great so here there is hint of sarcasm the poem very artistically underpins the philosophy that we let our emotions rule us and if we don't control them they will surely destroy everything around us similarly He thinks fire and ice both are just as competent in bringing the world to a catastrophic end.